Welcome back to Creative Blessings with Father Nico Becris and Chris Katsakis. Today is December 2nd, 2019, and uh, we have been on a little hiatus since May of uh, this year, but we both were extremely busy, and uh, but we had the great opportunity to meet up again at DoxaCon uh, in October, and uh, it was a great event. Um, the second time around for us and actually father was the keynote speaker for Friday night and we'll be posting his audio as an actual episode of creative blessings and uh, we can actually have him tell you a little bit more about how that went and uh, how he felt about it welcome father thank you again Chris for putting this together it's great to be back yeah um, yeah welcome. so real quick before we get into Doxicon I wanted to say to everybody uh, listening that uh, Chris also uh, earlier this year had a little bit of a health scare, but thank God I'm happy to say that he's. Uh, it sounds like you're doing great, yes, so yes. that's that's great to hear. Thank you for and, all the uh, prayers. You, you, you've been in my prayers, exactly. Absolutely, it wouldn't be the same uh, without knowing everybody out there, especially you, Father, uh, saying those special prayers for me. Absolutely. So glad that you're 100 percent again, and I'm glad to be doing the podcast again. Absolutely. So. Thanks, pal. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's always awesome. It seems like we've made a little tradition out of this, haven't we? Yeah. In the last uh, two years. Yeah, yeah. I hope we can get into the momentum to keep going on a monthly basis. But it seems uh, we have. Yeah, you know, we have our little hiccups, so we'll keep doing our best. Yeah, no worries. Um, the yeah, and the tradition I was also referring to was uh, was Doxicon. The uh, the last two years, of course, it's always uh, held in the D.C. area. It's been going for like six years or something, but. Uh, uh, the last two years, Chris and I both have gone, and so it's 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 been fun actually, like seeing you in person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've only been friends about three years now, but uh, but you know, it seems like uh, that's the one place that we get to actually hang out, you know, and and um, you know, talk to each other and in right. person. It's a lot of fun, and it was great this year that uh, we brought both of our uh, wives, and uh, Dean came again, and it's been great. Um, I know, yeah. I know, um, I was really happy that Presbyteria was able to come. Oh, me too. Especially she was feeling under the weather as well. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Kidney stones are not an easy thing, let me tell you. No, but thank God. I can tell uh, the look on was, her face. <laughs> oh, man. But thank God everything was okay by the time we were uh, we were at DC. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, everything, everything cool. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, just in case anybody didn't hear... Um, Basically, uh, I attended. Chris and I both attended Doxicon last year, just as kind of spectators, just uh, you know, just as uh, participants in the weekend. It was a lot of fun to be there. Chris uh, had a table um, displaying a lot of information about the conference that he runs, which is which was also really cool. Um, last year, I was asked to be the keynote speaker for 2019. Um, they do, I guess, not only do they have speakers throughout the weekend who talk about pop culture and theology. But there's one kind of clergy keynote speaker who speaks on Friday night to begin the whole event. And um, last year there was a deacon who was speaking. And he's also, um, I forget what his lay profession was, but he had a very successful lay profession. He was talking a little bit about, I think, something like mythology, Tolkien, um, and, uh, and, and Christianity, <clears throat> which is a very popular theme throughout the weekend. I was really, really impressed with uh, with the caliber of speakers they had there, it was really, I, I was like, wow, I need to be on my A game uh, <laughs> when I, when I, when I do it next year, God willing. Yeah, very so, impressive. Uh, yeah, very impressive. And Tolkien was a common theme. Uh, I was the only one who talked about superheroes to my knowledge, although everybody seemed very, very, very well versed. So my, my topic was on, um, 
Well, about the superhero genre and how it you know relates and what messages we can find there about uh, applying our faith to our life or perhaps kind of um, as Father uh, Father David said, um, he's he's the co-founder of Doxicon. He he has a he's a Romanian Orthodox priest in the D.C. area, and he he used the word teased. Uh, Christian messages out of the things that we love, which I think is a great way to put it. So uh, I might say the word extract uh, messages from these kinds of stories. So anyways, it was a lot of fun. So my my theme, of course, was uh, superheroes. It's a passion of mine, as you as everybody knows from this podcast and from my blog. Um, so I talked a little bit about superheroes in general. I talked a little bit about um, Superman, of course, uh, my favorite superhero, and uh, the the mythology behind it, kind of some of the origin stories of uh, what the creators had in mind when they put him together, and some Christian themes that have been used in Superman stories, and talked about how that related to me, and some of my favorite stories, and how it affected uh, it has affected my own life. So it was a lot of fun. Um, Chris was there and recording, so there's video of that on uh, Orthodox Christian Network's Facebook page, if anybody wants to check that out. Um, Doxicon also got an audio file, as Chris mentioned, and we'll be posting that on Creative Blessings as well. So uh, I had a, I had a blast. I was just like, wow. I mean, when when some of those questions started rolling at the end, I was like, man, I didn't need to I didn't need to ease into this at all with you guys. I should have just gone straight, you know, into the meaty stuff, so to speak. Yeah, everybody was well versed on the characters as well as the movies, the TV, all, all the avenues of. You were bringing up, well, you kept saying, forgive me if you're not in, in up on, but everybody was up to speed. So. <laughs> it was great, though. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I was, no, but the, the, that's the funny thing. They're all well-versed, but nobody else was presenting on Superheroes. Yeah. Um, this year or last year, I feel. So actually, no, last year there was a, there was a few, but um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So next year, I'm totally going to learn from that. If I, I'm probably not going to be the keynote speaker next year, but um, God willing, I mean, if uh, maybe Daniel's listening, too, I'd love to maybe do one of the talks during the weekend with all the other presenters. That'd be uh, but, fun. Yeah, but we'll see. We could do something outside. Anyway. I think outside the box. And also, I wanted to say a special thank you to Father Demetrius Antichus because he was just a wonderful, wonderful host. The parish oh, yeah. in Bethesda, St. George, beautiful, uh, beautiful parish, and that's actually the home parish of Eleniaxia, who uh, invited us to be on OCN, and you know was gracious uh, enough to do that for us, and. Uh, I got to stop by her house. They had a a, a fall party, on, and um, that was nice uh, to see them. So you know, it's a uh, it's like an extended family. I, I feel you know we as Greeks, especially, you, you can go with years without seeing each other, and you just kind of pick up where you left off. You know, and even though we've only personally met a few times, as I've known you for years, you know, it's, it's that family yeah. feeling. Yeah, it's great. It's great, man. So you had fun too. Oh, I had a blast, and uh, I thought the, the this was a perfect venue. It was uh, easy to get to. It had a beautiful campus. It was in a beautiful part part of Bethesda. The hotel was beautiful. So I hope they continue to have it there. I think it has more room. Not that I'm saying Saint Sophia wasn't a great location, but I just felt it was a little more easy to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was it was a um, you know. A, smooth uh transition i think um i think it's it's a i think it's a great conference i'd like to see a lot more of the young people coming out that are college age uh and we we did have a lot more this year uh gotta gotta ruffle the greeks a little bit we have a a lot of the other ethnicities from orthodoxy catholicism protestantism but i think you know if we make people more aware uh and you know it's uh it's a good thing we had 
Stephen Christopher is speaking there from Be the Bee. He spoke on Superman. So I mean, they're they're familiar with these you know these topics from everyday mainstream life and the people that are involved in speaking about it. So why not come out and see the per people in person, especially if you're in the college area of D.C. and and Maryland. And they encourage cosplay too. Even a couple yes. of people took them up on that, including including Steve, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. He was he was in the he was in a Superman costume all Saturday, yeah. which was great. We took a we took a couple of fun pictures. He's too. actually coming to our parish this Saturday for Goya to speak to the the youth of the Delaware Valley, which is Philadelphia, Southern New Jersey, Wilmington, Delaware. And I'm gonna if he's not in his Superman costume, I'm gonna go, where are you hiding that costume? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was a, it was a fun time. I totally agree with you on the venue. It was awesome. It was awesome. So um, yeah, so uh, we had in mind since it is the month of December now, um, I will lead into it with this. So one of the things I spoke about last month at uh, at the uh, in my presentation at the conference was uh, about, of course, as I said, Superman, and I included in that in that talk a little bit of the um, the theological. Um, characteristics that were included that were folded into the mold of the character when he was first created and I talked a little bit about that and one of the characteristics and we've talked about it here too a little bit was um, was the fact that he was meant to be a messiah figure I mean just what kind of a messiah figure he was originally intended to be is up for debate I think he was more of kind of a Moses type because his creators were Jewish um, but the the Jesus Christ uh, allegories definitely started coming in, you know, with the with the Christopher Reeve movies. Certainly, you know, you have uh, the very famous narration by Marlon Brando in that first movie, Jor-El, talking about, you know, I have sent them you, my only son. Um, they just need the light to show them the way and these kinds of things. So uh, that adds a really cool layer to it for me, as long as it's not too overtly religious, because it's still, you know, a, a fantasy story. Um, but many writers have, have played with this. And it's, I think, a really cool topic to talk about, especially in the month of December, um, because obviously we celebrate here the coming of our Messiah, the, the true Messiah, of course. But lots of um, mythological stories, even pre-Christ, uh, but certainly in our day and age as well. Have played with this kind of trope of you know the the chosen one coming to save you know in a world of darkness, and there's there's so many um, stories like that that it makes for great great um, pop culture stories like I said, it makes for great superhero stories, it great makes for great sci-fi stories. There's so many that you can point to, um, yeah. So I think it's just a great topic for us to talk about for the month of December, and hopefully this uh, this podcast will air. Uh, well in advance before uh, Christmas, but um, but yeah, but you but you know we get that point. So as we as we think about these some of these stories, it kind of um, it does kind of as you know as as we said at the conference does allow us to kind of you know pick these things apart and maybe dwell on them a little bit, maybe um, extract some theological messages and see what they mean to us too. Um, I personally, as I said, love um, these kinds of metaphors. I love I love stories that are hopeful, you know, and that's, that's what any Messiah story is about at the end of the day. Um, you know, in a world of kind of darkness or chaos or whatever it is, uh, whether it be Moses, whether it be, um, Prometheus in Greek mythology who came to bring fire to human beings, you know, and, um, ultimately was, was killed for that. And his, his liver was eaten by, I want to say like a vulture or something yeah. for a long time, which kind of, which teases this image of, you know, Christ on the cross who had his um, side pierced, you know, but... Um, the myth is uh, that the, the, the character Prometheus was chained to a rock. Actually, there was a, 
there's a painting at the Philadelphia Museum of Art depicting it, Prometheus Bound, where you see the figure chained, and every day this giant bird would come and eat his liver, and then it would regenerate, and that was his punishment every day reliving mm -hmm. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even even it's interesting because it, it even even Plato said that. If a man, I mean, I'm paraphrasing very, very much here, but if a man were to ever come speak only the truth and nothing else, and, and he has all these ways of describing that, you know, the allegory of the cave with um, the fire in the cave, but nobody looks at the fire. They just see the shadows on the wall and they kind of see images of these things. But he said, if a man ever came and spoke only the truth, this man would be crucified he said in orthodox tradition we would call stories like this or kind of you know things that existed you know thousands of years before jesus we would call it the spermatikos logos or like the word that is the seed in other words working in people's hearts um prior to christ so anyway so humanity has always been fascinated with stories like these um you know uh, about a messiah about somebody coming to save or coming to you know enlighten uh, where there is darkness, um, and 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 movies take this and run with it a lot nowadays, and and always have. Uh, I think the most uh, powerful one, or certainly most popular one, in our culture has got to be Luke Skywalker. You know, yeah. Um, Star Wars is very very mythological. Lucas borrowed a lot of that, and you know this one special child who just has this kind of in inherent connection to the Force um, when. You know, all the Jedi have already, you know, uh, become extinct, basically, um, and the Empire rules everything. But this one child who was born um, is is a great threat. And that's why the Emperor and Darth Vader try to kill him. And they spend a lot of the movies talking about that. But clearly there's there's Messiah-esque metaphors here. You can even go back further to where Lucas's influences with um, Frank Herbert and Dune. Um, oh, yeah. Maudib, the Kwisatz Haderach. I mean, you have uh, the character of... Paul Atreides, and then his son Leto, which is like a, you know, you think one is the Messiah, and then it, it continues on. And even in Star Wars, you know, they thought Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker was the chosen one, which then led to the son, which now they're leading into this new concept of there's a lineage here. Um, and it's always a Messiah figure, now it's a female within the the new trilogy. Um, well, well, we'll find out, right? We'll yeah. find out what's going to happen with that one. Well, that seems like the bent they're taking, but they can always surprise us, which they always do. And yeah, uh, so not not always for the better. But, but <laughs> <laughs> okay, fanboy commentary aside. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, actually, it's interesting. I was just thinking about the 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 prequel trilogy, which was not very good. I mean, you know, there was there, it had its moments, but a lot of the fans didn't like it. But you know, even, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, Anakin Skywalker, before he becomes evil, before he becomes Darth Vader, is very much seen as this messiah. Um, looking at these stories, I think, I mean, the Star Wars story specifically, um, I think that Anakin Skywalker was kind of, in a way, meant to be Saul. So for those who might not know their Old Testament, or just to refresh them, the Old Testament, when Israel finally picked uh, a king, Israel, the, 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 saying, the, the, the books of the Old Testament were saying that the people wanted a physical king, and they were asking God, can you give us a physical, a human king as well? And God finally relented, even though he said, you know, I'm your king, but I'll give you one if you want, because they saw the other kingdoms of the world with a king. And so finally he gave them Saul, who was a very good man and, and, and very close to God for a period of time. But eventually he started turning away from God like the people had. And so then God gave them David, 
Um, and when David was like this chosen golden boy, um, uh, another kind of Messiah figure, the answer, and, and even Christ is very often compared. He was uh, David is kind of a prefigurement of Christ in, in lineage and in a lot of ways, but certainly in the story. Um, and then Saul tries to kill David. Um, and David spends a lot of his life running, and, and a lot of the psalms we have are, are David talking about, you know, God preserving him amidst all this. But in a way, Saul being the first chosen one who ultimately fails, and then, you know, David being the new chosen one, and even he is fallible, as we see later, but, but nevertheless, um, you know, as the, as the true Messiah, I guess, or, or in the Old Testament uh, reference— Trying to be killed by the previous one is very applicable to kind of the Anakin and Luke Skywalker relationship. Anakin was the chosen one, but then he fell from grace. And then when the new one came, um, he tried to kill him. So it's a really interesting uh, dichotomy there. A very interesting, you know, comparison. Mm-hmm. I also think you see it in Camelot with, uh, you know, King Arthur. He was kind of the Messiah to bring or oh, yeah. to the knights, you know, you have the round table, bringing that conciliar approach that we actually practice in orthodoxy. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice if somebody made a good Camelot movie of some kind, but who knows? One day, maybe. Well, I kind of like the old uh, Excalibur. It was a little much, you know, as far as uh, heaviness and, you know, it wasn't for children. Yeah. But I think, you know, with the armor and all that, I think it was interesting it's definitely a, a movie that was ahead of its time. But, yeah, uh, we did see one last year with Dean, The Boy Who Would Be King. And that was actually very good for children. And it kind of took a modern day. So it kind of mixed Harry Potter with the Camelot story. And, uh, you know, it didn't do excellent at the box office. But I think it had a nice following to it. People were recommending to see it. It's just one of those movies that got, hit, you know, under the radar. But, yeah, I think... Uh, you know that and Camelot three thousand. If you're a comic fan, <laughs> oh yeah, I never I never read that one, but but oh, that's great. one of the yeah. one of the few books that Brian Ballin did interiors on. Normally he's just a cover artist, but that yeah. must have been a treat. You know, you mentioned Harry Potter. Even though I'm not I'm not into those movies, um, I never got into them just because uh, I, I just tend to not gravitate to little kid, you know, main character stories. Maybe when my kids get a little older and they start liking that stuff, I'll probably yeah. you know give it a chance. But um, but that certainly also is another very popular Messiah metaphor story. So you have this, you know, order of, you know, the school and, and the order of wizards and all the magic that's in the world. Mm-hmm. And and Harry Potter. OK, you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong on this. All I know is that he, he has a mark that's like a lightning bolt on his face. Mm-hmm. And they're saying the kid that's born with that is going to be the new, yeah. uh, like, greatest wizard. Right. Um, some, somehow that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Messiah story. Absolutely. Um, I love the first movie. It's very charming. I mean, Chris Columbus did it. They were little when they, the actors when they did it, and I, it just the whole castle scene with the eating and the and the, the foods flying around. It just loved it. As as the movies progressed, and I've seen all of them up to date now, not as they came out. Um, they just weren't my cup of tea. I just never got into the wizardry stuff so much and fantasy. I was more into straight comic books. I did appreciate it for what it was. Uh, I read the first Harry Potter book, and that was all I read. I, it didn't capture me like it captured most people, uh, whereas other books, you know, maybe have more so. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, but I appreciate the amount of work and effort that's gone in each one of these movies. 
and uh, the storytelling is good, the acting is good. It's just not my favorite genre, you know. Sure, sure, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm kind of with you on that one, I think. Um, but the 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 Messiah um, image, I think, as you can see, I mean, it's one that's so so popular. I didn't even think of Dune, but good call on that one too. Um, one of Father David's favorites, he told me as well. Um, but anyway, but you got you got Harry Potter, you got Luke Skywalker, you got um, you know Superman in in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> I just think it's great. I think there's something about it about that message that is very inspiring to people. It's why every culture it seems has some kind of a story like this. Um, perhaps one that uh, is inherently within us as human beings, and that is why one of the reasons why Christianity spread as much as it did is because it was finally the true Messiah who had you know revealed himself and who was revealed to the world. You know, um, God is the Lord. We say, you know, it's a hymn in our church, and He has revealed Himself to us. So, um, I think, you know, it's it's a very hopeful message. It's a very aspirational message. It's uh, it's one that again brings light into our into our kind of you know, sullenness when we when we think about it, and it's just so applicable to the message of Christmas. You know, it's it's one of those wonderful, wonderful. Um, you know, aspects of the season is that we think about all that has already been done and has, you know, uh, the salvation that, that has come, that the, the foretaste of the kingdom that, that has come in that way because of the, um, the chosen one, so to speak, the, 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 uh, <clears throat> the one that Israel was waiting for um, and that we celebrate, you know, every day now in our lives. You know, it's interesting, too. I don't know if you're aware of this. You know, the author Anne Rice that wrote Interview yeah. with him, she's now writing a book on the early life of Jesus. She was always enthralled by the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. She's written a couple, actually. Yeah, yeah. I have not read any of her books, but I thought when I saw that come across my Facebook feed, I was like, ah, very interesting. Um, yeah, that's actually that's actually interesting, too. I read one of them. They were, they were really good. Um, it was... Uh, I believe that she did a left turn at some point in her life and went from, I don't know what she was before, but I believe she's Roman Catholic now. Oh, is she? And, and yeah, she became Catholic and, and uh, you know, so kind of a, you know, very into the sacramental, the lit liturgical theology um, in her books. And, um, yeah, I think it's it's a really interesting story. It's a well, really great way to look at it. And what's interesting is in the article I read, it said that because of her fan base with the vampire books – they got spurred and interested in learning more about Jesus and his story. So that's an interesting segue, you know, as see, yeah, yeah. Amazing. See? Yeah. It just goes to show, I mean, like these, these stories that we talk about can be a conveyor belt for ideas. And you know, that's, uh, that's why Tolkien and Lewis probably were so popular too, is because yeah. not only were they good writers, but they had, they had messages that were truth and it was, and it conveyed that to people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's that's interesting. I didn't hear about people becoming, I mean, converting from her stories. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's really great to hear. Yeah. So, um, so what is, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you guys do for Christmas? Oh, just we, you know, we have a small family, but a lot of our uh, Kumbada is extended family. So, uh, you know, we're very involved with our parish. So, I mean, Janet runs the Christmas pageant for the last. Oof, well, since I've known her, married 11 years this past weekend. Friday was our anniversary. And uh, so as every weekend's pageant, pageant practice and dress rehearsal right before the weekend of Christmas. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they put on their full regal, regalia of costumes. And actually, my son's playing Joseph this year. He's been a reader in the past. He's been a shepherd. But he was a little disappointed to know that 
Joseph doesn't have any lines. So he, <laughs> he's like, wait a minute here. Can I say something? It's like, no, he just, he just sit there and get an adoration from the three wise men. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Was he ever a baby Jesus? The first, well, and when he, his first year as a baby, they kind of walked him down the aisle. But he, he wasn't having much of it. He wanted mom. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, she does a nice job, and we have a nice group of kids. But, uh, yeah, pretty much low-key. How about you? Um, yeah, it, well, obviously, we have festivities. We have our services here and everything, and we usually um, stay in the Bay Area for that, uh, go to Stella, Stella's uncle's house. But, yeah, the pageant is always great. I love, I love when I see our kids do it as well um, here at our church, and, and our practices are underway, too. But, again, you know, I mean, even from a young age, that Messiah story, you know, like proclaiming the birth of, of the one who came to save us. Um, so beautiful, and I always get emotional when I see kids doing it. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and singing about it too. And it, it was interesting because uh, our our pre our parish priest the last almost five years now he's from Greece, and they don't really do pageants over there. So when he saw it the first year, he was really wowed by it, and he told Janet, oh, "You're in charge forever, you know, until you know. <laughs> <laughs> which means beyond Dean growing out of it. He's still." But he's in second grade. He's got till sixth grade, so uh, he'll be in it one way or another. And I'm sure he'll be helping herd. That's what Janet feels like. She's herding kittens. You know, all these little children. You know, they're, yeah. they're adorable. But uh, and then you know, of course, we go to our services here too, and um, we like to do. You know, the tree. There's so many tree lightings around us this year. I'm like, gee, we can just. Put them, throw a dart on a board, and pick one. Besides our hometown, you know, they do, and Philadelphia just did theirs today in Center City, right by Independence oh, Hall, cool. uh, City Hall. Didn't get in for that one though. It's just a lot of traffic. They do it around five o'clock rush hour. I'm like, why do they do it in rush hour? <laughs> I guess they don't want too many people converging, causing traffic jams. But um, yeah. So uh, it's my favorite. Well, that would, that would presume that they actually know what they're doing, though. Yeah, and we always watch... Politicians in the yeah. cities. No, I'm just joking. Anyway. Yeah. We always <laughs> watch uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. I watch um, the original Miracle on 34th Street, which I love that. That's one of my mm -hmm. favorites. We just mm -hmm. watched with Dean for the first time, It's a Wonderful Life, which really tells oh, yeah. you... Which is really a beautiful story and tells you, oh, yeah. you know, be grateful for what you have. And, you know, you are a rich person. If you look around you and see what has been granted you, there are many people who are suffering out there, whether it be financial, not having food, disease. Um, you know, we get caught up in our daily quibbles of what life and it's not fair. And it's really, you know, we are so sometimes blindsided by the fact of how blessed we really are. Uh, and another thing, too, is that I think, and this should be all year round, not just at Christmas, is that we see it start with Thanksgiving, the notion of giving. And I, mm -hmm. I try to say, try to do that every day of your life. You, you, you do so much for yourself more so when you give than to receive. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to our hardest instill that into our child. And it's, it's tough today with all the media bombardment of toys and games and but he he gets the gist and he's very compassionate and i'm very grateful you know when when he sees that other children are less fortunate or other or their family and i you know we're lucky to be in a parish that has a large youth um population so we you know, we we just did the uh, cookie bake sale this past weekend for cancer, and we raised oh, raised great. the most amount of money we've ever raised. And they had so much left over too, so 
people were buying and taking it so they could take it to work. So they really raised a lot of money for cancer. That's research. wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. That, that's the heartwarming stuff that you love about the season too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a wonderful life was, uh, also the message I get from that is that one person can make a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even with a simple little acts of kindness, it's incredible. You know, that's that also is a story about one person who may not be a messiah, but I, I suppose in a sense he he could be because he does go through a lot of hardship as well. Um, and the story turns out great at the end. But um, but he's one person who made a difference in everybody's life and always brought light to people's life. Um, and ultimately, it was something that. Um, you know, was uh, extremely beneficial to everybody around him and for him as a person. Well, it's a perfect example of self-sacrifice. He sacrificed mm -hmm. his college career to, his father died, so he, they wanted him to keep the savings and loan. He sent his brother to college. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he kept that savings and loan going under all this hardship, and then when the angel came and showed him what his life would be like would be like without anybody in his life that it was such a horror he prayed to god so hard please bring me back to what i had and his brother in the end comes in and says to you know him the richest man in bedford falls and that's true it's not about the wealth it's about he has a wife beautiful children and the whole town respects him for how he got them through the hard times when this cratchy old guy who owned the bank was only out for money and himself. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's a true story that happens a lot, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so. yeah, that's what, it's, that's what it's all about in the end. I think, uh, you know, those kinds of heartwarming stories. Again, um, Christmas is about light uh, where there was darkness. You know, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. St. John Chrysostom says, notice how the, the verse says, they sat in darkness. They didn't even... They weren't even walking around. They, they couldn't see anything they, to the point where they were paralyzed. And then light comes in and shows them the way. So um, I, I love these kinds of stories. And maybe maybe that's one of the reasons that It's a Wonderful Life is on practically every day of the month of December and now in, you know, part of November as well. Right. Um, but it's one of these beautiful, beautiful messages that um, we as Christians have every day of our life, but it seems like everybody focuses on it a little bit more in the month of December. So that's, that's always great. And I love stories about that when, when, when applied once again to superheroes and pop culture too, it's just a lot of fun. And, uh, one that I enjoy very much. What's your, have you, I'm trying to think of some of the Christmas stories within the comics. Um, do you have any that stand out? There was a couple Batman ones. I remember, uh, that, uh, that, that were in the bronze age, but for me, I mean, <laughs> The, the the book that I did my presentation on, or, or that I that I showed pictures of in my presentation at Doxicon was Superman: Peace on Earth. Yes, and I it's, uh, love that. Yeah, th that one takes place at Christmas time too, and it's a fantastic. Talk about the the superhero equivalent of It's a Wonderful Life. Check that book out if you ever if you ever if you ever have a chance. Great. To, to anybody listening, it can be found. I, I had it as recommended reading um, at my presentation. Superman: Peace on Earth. It's called by Paul Dini and Alex Ross. Great story. We where have, he tries to where he tries to eliminate the world's hunger for one day. Yes. Anyway, and that would be great if we could do it for every day. <laughs> My sure. wife works at the food bank of uh, South Jersey, and you there have you a food bank at the church. So, we have a special guest who just walked in, and he w he was going to conduct the trivia part. Now, going forward, Father and I decided we're going to switch off on each episode, where he will ask some trivia to me one week, and then I will do the same. But we have a special guest, my son Dean, who was. Hi, Dean. Say hi. How you doing, buddy? Just say hi. Nice to see you, buddy. Hi. <laughs> okay, so he's going to ask uh, 
some trivia for Father Nico uh, regarding his uh, Dean's favorite character from the DC Universe. And what's his name? The Flash. The Flash. He All loves right. speedsters. But his The Flash is his favorite. And he loves the CW TV show. But he, he lo- he's getting into the comics. And he has several pop Funko Pop figures and the DC Legend figures. So he just he loves The Flash. So why don't... <laughs> he's asking me a question real quick. What's that? You're going to ask Father, looking at him into the microphone. You want, you want me to ask them? No, I want to. Okay, you're going to ask them. Okay. So, let's do the first one. Okay. How did... How did Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, meet Iris West from the... Well, there's two different stories, so, from the comics. (laughs) There were two different stories in the comics. Well, uh, in the Silver Age, when Barry Allen first premiered, I think they already knew each other by the first episode. I think. Uh, by the first issue. But she was a news reporter, and he was a police officer, and they probably tangled on a case. I don't know. Is that right? That's one of the answers. That's that's one of the answers. That is one answer. Cool. Okay. All right. Number two. What's the other Uh, answer, out of curiosity? What is the other answer? The other answer is they bumped into each other on the street when he already got his powers. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. How about number two? Okay. How did Barry... No, No. What is... What is Reverse Flash's real name? Ooh, I love the reverse flash. I think he's a, one of the greatest villains. Um, so the newest guy, well, okay, so the original was, I believe, Aobard Thon, And the second guy, the Jeff Johns version in the 2000s was Hunter Zolomon. I don't know if that's what it is on the TV show, but that's what it is in the comics, I think. Hunter Zolomon is actually. Hunter Zolomon. Hunter Zolomon okay, is Zoom. Is Zoom. Hunter Zolomon is Zoom. Reverse flash is Eobard Thon, so you were right. Okay, I'm gl- I'm glad you told me so. Thank you. <laughs> the other... These are good questions, pal. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, what is what is Flash's suit made of, Thanks. and can it be destroyed? Wow. And the can it be destroyed is a yes or no. Wow. Uh, okay, so I don't know what it's made out of exactly. I th- you know what, actually? Okay, so the only answer that I know, and I'm not sure if it's still the, if it's still this answer. I remember the 1990 show with um, uh, what was John his name? John Wesley, Wesley, John Wesley Ship, who, which had an awesome theme song, by the way. Danny Elfman, the same guy who did. And he's, uh, the, he's uh, actually in the new CW show. He I know, I know. He's he's Jay Garrett. Two, yeah, a two, Earth Two Flash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to say Jay they Garrett. made yeah. the material. They, they in that I think That's I remember this. Guy. When I was de- I probably was Dean's age actually when I first saw it, but I want to say they made the material out of deep sea diver deep, suits. Deep sea so like that that uh, could withstand a lot of pressure, I guess. And uh, but it was just red, and then they put the the the, the lightning bolt on it and yep, stuff. You're right. Um, that's still the answer. Yeah. Woo! I didn't even know the answer. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying yes. I thought he said yes, but that's. I pl- have no idea. That's and I have plausible. no idea if it can be destroyed. I'm sure it can be destroyed. I'm sure it can be destroyed too. Not, yeah. not all of these answers. Okay. What about our Flash's powers? Are Flash's powers affected uh, by his in- environment? Uh, yes no I think I don't know. I want to say his emotional environment because he has to be. The, so now we're going to get really into the technical <laughs> stuff here. The the speed force I heard uh, is tethered like to your loved ones, right? Yeah. So so both Linda for Wally West and Iris 
Iris Allen for Barry Allen or Iris West. I'm not sure what it is in the show, but they are like his lightning bolt, uh, his lightning rod. Excuse me. Like so, so the, the 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 metal rod that you know you place on top of a building or whatever. If you're on, if it's for science, like attracts the lightning. It's the same thing like that for speedsters with their emotional attachment with a with a loved one. So. Uh, I guess it's affected by his love for them. I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, that's the best answer I can think of, though. So yes. And your last question. Um. Was that, was that right? Okay. How does Flash slow slow down time? Ooh. Uh, the cosmic treadmill. I don't know. He goes so fast that time slows. Oh, okay. He goes so fast. Okay, you got me. Good job, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty good questions. Well, thank you for doing the trivia. When I wish Father Merry Christmas. It's it's early, but yeah. Have you been when this good... when this episode comes out? It'll be closer to Christmas. Yeah, that's so right. Yeah, when it comes out, it'll be closer to Christmas and your name day. So uh, tell him you've been a good boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be it'll be your dad's name day, right? On Christmas. Yeah, day? we celebrate. Well, actually, he's Constantine Christus, but we celebrate. Ah. Yeah, we ce- I mean, we celebrate even. Because it's his middle name, so. Got it. Yeah, my dad and I used to celebrate because we had the both the first same first names. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Our yeah, Christo too, and my dad's Christo, and my son is Christo. Yeah. My, my oldest son is Christo. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of name days that day. Yes, but he celebrates Saint Helen and Constantine with his with his Yaya, who was an Eleni man. All right. But she she celebrates from heaven, and he celebrates down here. God bless you guys, pal. God bless you too. And uh, hopefully uh, we will be even posting another episode very soon, even maybe before Christmas is over. So holiday season. Sounds great. Okay. This was fun today. This yeah. was fun. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will be posting this soon, as well as Father's keynote speech from Doxicon. And thank you, Dean, for being a guest trivia questioner. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dean. Okay. Talk know your stuff, soon. pal. God bless. Merry God Christmas. God bless. Bye-bye.